This is Andy Purawal for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. I'm delighted to be joined by Adam Smith over Zoom. Adam, first and foremost, how are you doing? I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> after a, a long night of boxing, um, not only obviously our show in Peterborough that went on uh, very late because of various issues with ambulances and delays and uh, obviously health and safety paramount, but it was, uh, it was a long night in Peterborough, a dramatic night, obviously. And then um, by the time I got home, it was uh, it was ready to obviously watch um, Lomachenko and Lopez, which was um, quite something as well. So, yeah, plenty to talk about. It certainly is, Adam. Uh, let's start off with the Peterborough show. Head to headline by Luis Ritson and his victory over Miguel Vasquez. It's certainly a controversial one, to say the least, Adam. Obviously, yourself and Matthew both saw the, the same fight that many did and certainly looking at social media that Miguel Vasquez seemed to be had done more than enough to be victorious on the night. What were your thoughts first what were your thoughts first and foremost on the cards and obviously Lewis being crowned victorious? I thought the card was a great card. I thought there was uh, there was terrific action, there was upsets, knockdowns, uh, quality boxing. I mean Ellie Scottney I think looks a fantastic prospect for the future. I thought she she boxed brilliantly against a very rugged Beck Connolly. That was a great starter. Um, Kane Baker was, um, you know, you've, you've got to love him, haven't you? His attitude's just spot on. You know, he's bubble wrap now, isn't he? He's just always with us. And, uh, you know, he it was a, a good little fight that uh, against um, uh, Tony Belly's uh, charge, you know, that he's helping in uh, Shakespeare. And that was, you know, a good action fight. Um, you have Martin Patrick Ward in, a, in, a, in another good one with a somber. I thought a somber maybe unlucky not to get that. Um, but, you know, that was a draw. Um, then, obviously, the Joe Laws Charlton scrap was, you know, fantastic entertainment. Uh, you know, Joe obviously came undone, but, you know, all credit to, to Norwich's uh, Ryland Charlton, you know, the pint sized powerhouse. What a great nickname and what a, a terrific story. You know, he takes his opportunity. And I think that's what Eddie and Matram and, and we're all trying to get is, you know, competitive matches at whatever level and saying, look, there are, there are many chances here for fighters if you want to take that. That risk, if you want to throw uh, throw your, your, your name in the hat or you want to roll the dice, then you can get in and uh, you might come away with, you know, look at him afterwards, asking Eddie for a deal and all that. It's a great story. So, yeah, look, I mean, it was fantastic. I thought the Southpaw battle was interesting. Uh, Kez Ashfak and, um, and Mark Leach, you know, Leach, what an amazing life he has, you know, 24-7. He's a warehouse worker. He looks after four kids and somehow manages to train with Jamie and Nigel. And, Kez Ashfak, we've known for a long time, you know, lovely guy, talented fighter, very good amateur. But I think maybe he just sort of slightly was maybe slightly overconfident against a former sparring partner, thought he'd be too big and too good. And, you know, he got in a rhythm leech, didn't he? As Matt kept saying, the upper body movement, the judgment of distance, I thought he boxed a beautiful fight. And I was, um, yeah, I was very impressed with Leach and Leach rightfully got it. And then, of course, what we had before that, we had the, the gap with the, um, the ambulances. So, obviously, you know, you and I know that ambulances have got to be there for, for every single fight. There's, you know, the safety and the paramedics absolutely essential. But, of course, you had Ward's um, cut eye and you had Joe Laws going to hospital just to be for a precaution, just to have a look at him. And then you had two ambulances away from the venue. So we had a big gap. Um, which was obviously, you know, very difficult for everybody because you want to get on, you know, towards the main event. You don't want to get the main event on too late. But, you know, it was out of our hands. So, um, you know, we have to abide by everything. And then we got to the main event, really excited about that. 
And look, you know, for me, Miguel Vasquez should have won the fight. You know, it's uh, I thought that, you know, Lewis Ritson tried. He got to the center ring. He he was using his jab, but he won the first round. You know, he, he won the last. There's maybe argument that he could have won three or four. But there's no question in my in my head, in my mind, that Miguel Vasquez should have walked out of that ring a winner. I mean, Matt scored it wide. A lot of people I've spoken to scored it wide. Um, caught up with Dave Colwell this morning. Other people I really respect in the business. And, you know, everybody's saying it's 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 an outrageous decision. And, you know, look, it is subjective. Um, we always get different scores that you sort of, you think, oh, have I seen that right or whatever? But, you know, the pattern of the fight was pretty simple for me. You know, Vasquez was on the back foot. Okay. You know, do you, should you score for fighters coming forward? No, you shouldn't just score for, you know, aggression if they're not landing punches. Some of them Lewis did catch on the, you know, on the elbows, on the, on the gloves. You know, he, he looked pretty calm during the fight, Lewis Ritson, and certainly the corner did. So they obviously thought he was fine, you know, during it. I just don't think there was that urgency. I think after four or five rounds, he needed to, uh, to try and trap Vasquez in the corners, you know, unload some combinations, back him up, make him uncomfortable, make him feel his 33 years of age, make him feel that 50-second fight veteran that he is. But, you know, Vasquez was always going to be a tricky customer. And I think many of us felt the timing would be right for Ritson because of the age, because of the fact that, you know, Vasquez is a long time since he was ruling the world as a lightweight champion. But, you know, styles make fights. And I just think he had trouble with the style. And for me, Vasquez, yeah, it wasn't that pretty, but it was pretty effective, wasn't it? I mean, he was, you know, out, out boxing him at times. And I thought that he landed more. I thought that he was in control of the fight, the pattern. You know, it just left a bit of taste in the mouth to me. You know, I, I, Lewis Ritson's a great guy and he's a fantastic advocate for the Northeast. We love going to see him, watch him up there. He was brilliant when he was British lightweight champion, you know, and he struggled a bit at European level. And, you know, he found he found the style complicated last night. You know, I'm sure he'll be a lot better against someone who's going to stand in front of him. You know, he's had a really good win over Robbie Davis. You know, he just had a bad night at the office, I thought. And I think that you've got to give Miguel Vasquez credit. You've got to say Miguel Vasquez, as I said, in our opinion, we're not the judges, the three judges scoring it. Terry O'Connor's, you know, 117-111 to me was unbelievably out. I just didn't see that at all. You know, if you say, OK, a couple of rounds here and there, then maybe it gets closer. Yeah, sure. But, you know, Eddie Hearn, I, you know, I was sort of messaging with Eddie, obviously, last night, today. And, you know, he's his promoter. You know, he says Vasquez won the fight. I mean, how much clearer do you need to be? And, you know, it's, it is. It's subjective. You put it in the hands of the judges. I thought one of the judges for the, for the uh, Lopez and Loma fight was too wide as well last night. But, you know, they got the right guy. Lopez won the fight and, and they got the right winner. I don't think they got the right winner yesterday. I think Lewis might argue, Neil might argue, there might be others that, that argue that, that thought Ritson either got the nod or it was a lot closer. But in my opinion, and it's not our opinion that counts, it's the judges. That's what the rules are. But, you know, we, we call what we see. You know, you've asked me questions before about, you know, is there a bias towards matchroom fighters? Is there a bias? Absolutely not. When we pick up the microphone, we call it as we see it. Do I always agree with Matt? No. So I think he maybe had it slightly too wide, possibly last night. But no question that Miguel Vasquez, for me, won that fight last night. And he got he got robbed. And he should have gone back to Mexico, you know, with a really good win. And that's nothing against Lewis Ritson. You know, Ritson will come again. He's 27. What well, another defeat doesn't do any harm. He just the style was wrong for him. But he gets the win. He's he's a you know he's a lucky boy today. He gets the win, and maybe when he watches it back, he'll realise. I don't think there was a lot in some of the rounds, but I just think the pattern and the, the volume and the you know who looked the winner, Andy, round after round. You know if you if you're scoring for if you if you're, you're scoring for scoring punches, more landed from Miguel Vasquez. 
he looked in control. He looked like he could do that all night. He looked like he could do that all today as well. And that's, again, nothing against Ritson. But he just, for me, Vasquez won the fight. What did you think? I was of the same opinion as you, Adam. I had Miguel Vasquez comfortably winning last night the same way that I know a lot of people did. I was shot by the scorecards, which kind of leads on to my next question. I'm sure you've seen what's been circulating on social media with regards to Terry O'Connor and a photo of him supposedly looking at a phone. If that's obviously deemed to be the case, this is obviously going on during the fight between Ritson and Vasquez. If that's deemed to be the case, what do you make of that? Well, it's a very, it's a very difficult one, isn't it? It's a, it's obviously, it's no, no good if you're looking at a phone and not looking at the action. I don't know the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the board. I, I'm not, you know, I haven't spoken to Terry. You know, Terry's a good guy. You know, we always chat. You know, at ringside and stuff. Um, you know, this is, this is a, a consideration for the British board. This is a consideration for, you know, for governing bodies. You know, that's why we have officials. I don't know. I mean, you know, Terry will obviously be asked about that. And I don't know why he would have a phone in his hand when he's, he's judging, whether he writes the scores down on his phone. I don't know. I mean, you're meant to write them on a card. You hand the paper in. You know, that's it, round after round. Those are the rules. But you've got to remember as well that as commentators, we are set considerably back from ringside at the moment you know the new norm is that we're 12 14 meters back from the ring normally we're on the ring apron we can look around well you get a sense you feel you see the judges they're handing in their scores i don't ever remember seeing a judge holding a phone or looking at a phone in a fight when i've been up at ringside anywhere around the world but of course there have been many many decisions where you don't see the same way and you know it's it's i think first and foremost they have to ask him you know how he got to that card that 117, 111 card for me, that was that was. I just I can't understand that. Um, but that's that's the second layer. If he's if he's looking at his phone and he's distracted from what he's meant to be scoring in front, then that's a serious issue. And uh, the board have to look at that. But again, that's not for us to uh, to speculate or commentate or whatever on. That's that's a that's a that's something for the British board. And it may be that it's as I said, it's a, he, he writes something down on his phone. I don't know. I, I don't sit there and watch Terry O'Connor. You know, judging a fight and especially as I said as we're right back we can't see that's what their job is to score a fight our job is to call it and put our opinion or certainly Matt's opinion is his unofficial card across as the former fighter you know we guide people through and people at, their, at home can make their own decisions often they don't agree with what we're saying they don't have to it's a subjective business but I think the overwhelming uh, amount of people that thought that last night Miguel Vasquez was a clear winner I think must tell you something and of course the photograph that's that's that i've seen is um it doesn't look good but you know that's that's for them to look at and them to sort out terry con has been in the business a long long time you know he's a as i said he's a he's a good guy they're good guys the officials they've got hard jobs it's tough they've got you know a lot of um, a lot of pressure on them and they uh, i'm sure they try and do their best but um yeah this one has to be looked at just to obviously add to that before we do move uh, on adam uh, since then i've seen boxing news have put an article out we've uh, quotes from Robert Smith saying they are actually investigating uh, Terry last night for the phone and obviously looking into the scoring. Um, but yes, just moving on. Right. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Adam, what did you say then? I said, no, I, I agree. I heard that last night as, I, as we were leaving that they were going to do that. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, Robert's a, Robert's a very, very, very good uh, general secretary of the British board. You know, I've, I've worked with, with many over the years, you know, um, Simon Block and, and John Morris and, you know, there's been some terrific, you know, people at, at the helm there. 
um, and with Charlie Giles sort of overlooking it, I'm, I'm sure that Robert would do absolutely everything, uh, which is fair. Obviously, they're they're his staff. You know, he's going. There's going to be a. You know, he's he's got faith in them, and you know, people can make mistakes, of course. And and you know, you've you've got to you got to look at that. They're his people. But um, but I I heard that last night, and I think that's that's absolutely right. You know, Robert's got to look at it. Um, when it's a situation like this, where so many people. Uh, are pretty outraged at the card and also that this fact that you know was 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 he on a phone as in not watching what was going on for a split second or for long periods of time i don't know you know so it's it, that's up to to robert and his team to look at and I'm, I'm glad they are looking at it i think that's right just move on then adam as, as i say just with with louis now on the back of well, again, it was a controversial victory, but he's picked up that win. There was a lot of talk beforehand about kind of where he goes next and a lot of talk about him moving towards that world scene. Uh, one of the names mentioned was Regis Prograde. On the back of his performance last night, do you feel that it would be better for him to stay away from somebody like him or in Regis' case, a lot more of an active and kind of aggressive fighter than what Miguel Vasquez is, that it might suit him better still? Is that your opinion or...? Yeah, it's a good question. And I asked Matt that, I think, late on in the fight. I said, what is next for Lewis Ritson? Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about Josh Taylor a year ago at St. James's Park. And, and he said, and what I like about Lewis is he's very honest. And, and I'm sure when he looks back at the tape, he might have a different opinion to what he actually felt in the ring. And, and, and it's different, you know, there's no crowd. And maybe he felt it was more like a spar in there last night. So, you know, they'll, they'll look at it. You know, it wasn't a, a terrible, damaging defeat or anything like that. I just thought he lost the fight. And it was, there's nothing to, to really concern yourself that the style didn't work for him. So, you know, they, they need to match him against someone that obviously suits him better, that's going to stand in front of him more. Um, you know, what is next for Lewis Ritson? You know, how good is he? He, he was terrific at British level. You know, he, he outgrew the lightweight division. He's got to prove himself, I think, at European level. They gave him a WBA number two on the back of a good win over Robbie Davis Jr. But is he ready for someone like Josh Taylor or Jose Ramirez? No, I don't think so. Um, and I think Regis Progre, while stylistically, I can see the attraction of that. And I'd love to have Regis back over in Britain. He was fantastic value. And he lost that razor-thin decision to Taylor last year. And I think he's, he's a great fighter. And while I'd love that as a sort of stylistic for three, four, five rounds, I think it's a massive, massive ask for Lewis Ritson at the moment. So I think Lewis, he's 27. I think he just knows, needs to go back. I think he needs to work on a few things. I think that he's been out of the ring a long time maybe get back quicker, maybe take an eight or 10 rounder, just get back in there as quick as he can. And then, you know, build up to something like a European title fight, maybe against somebody that's, you know, that's that's going to stand there with him. You know, it's, as I said, it's styles that make fights. And we now know with Patera and Vasquez, the fighters that are going to give him trouble. Moving forwards, Adam, and away from this card, you mentioned um, earlier on, there was a, a huge show over in America between, which was, uh, headline between Vasil Lomachenko and Teofimo Lopez in that undisputed lightweight title fight. A brilliant, brilliant performance from Teofimo Lopez, seeing him come away with a unanimous decision victory. Just your thoughts and recollection of their fight? Yeah, absolutely brilliant for Teofimo Lopez. You know, he, he'd said all along that he was going to uh, going to take over. That was the mentor. His dad has been making so much noise. You know, they, they, they've targeted Lomachenko for a long time. You know, I, for one, having seen a lot of um, Vasil Lomachenko over the years, you know, in the amateurs and at ringside in the pros, you know, you've got to just, you know, take your, you've got to bow to his genius and what he can do in a ring. 
you know, he is up there. I think he, he needs to be down in weight now. I think that's that's definite after what happened last night. I think that Lopez fought a really smart fight. I think he I think Loma knew how how hard he hit, and I think that that strength probably um, worried him early on. I thought Lomachenko got it was he was way too late getting going. But you've got to take your hat off to Lopez, who didn't allow him that. And then when he did get going and when he ticked off a few rounds at the back end, it was too late. And then Lopez finished the show well. So, yeah, I thought it was a, a, a massive breakout night for Tiafumo Lopez. A new star is born. Um, you know, I, I thought Lomachenko would win beforehand on points. I thought he'd just know a bit too much. He'd be a bit too ring savvy. But, you know, it's um, it was an interesting one. You know, maybe, you know, Loma just showed his age slightly, but I think more it's a it's a weight thing and the fact that Lopez, you know, boxed a beautiful fight and um, you know he's he's obviously proved he's the real deal. I think Lomachenko needs to go down in weight. Um, I like to see him drop back, um, but take nothing away from this this you know this real character. You know, you've got to love the backflips and the celebrations, and you know he's great, and that's what we need in boxing: new blood, fresh fresh fighters, and um, you know it's. Uh, it was sort of a slight change in the guard, wasn't it? You know, the undisputed now lightweight champion. Fantastic result for Lopez. Absolutely brilliant. But, you know, gutting for Lomachenko fans. I understand that. Um, I think we all are, aren't we? But um, some some point, you know, you're going to lose. He, he did have that early loss in his professional career, but you just thought no one could, could beat him after that. But that was just, you know, from, from the fact he was just too soon out of the amateurs. But, you know, these things happen. Styles make fights again. And Lopez just, um, he was just a bit too strong and big for him. And I think that power worried Loma. He just didn't get going, did he? He was, uh, he was very, very sort of uh, lackluster in the first half of the fight, uh, Lomachenko. And although I think he believes he probably did enough, maybe like Ritson, you know, they'll have to go back to look at the fight again because no question in my mind, Tiafoma Lopez won that fight and won it fairly clearly. No question in my mind, Miguel Vasquez won that fight against Lewis Ritson. So, you know, that's, but that's subjective. And, you know, the judges are there to do their job and you've got to put your, uh, put your faith and your trust in them. A lot of talk about what kind of could be next for Tiafimo Lopez. Is some brilliant fights. Devin Haney. <laughs> Devin Haney, you got Ryan Garcia. Devin Haney. That's the fight I want to see. I want to see Devin Haney against Tiafimo Lopez. Make it happen, Andy. I wish I could, Adam. I wish I could. Well, and you've also got the possibilities, as Tifumo mentioned in his post-war press conference, of moving up to 140 and facing the winner of Taylor Ramirez. Tifumo is obviously huge at 135. Do you feel he'd adjust comfortably to facing one of Taylor or Ramirez at 140? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's what they want to do. They want to go up and become multi-weight champions. You know, personally, I think he should stay at lightweight and he should you know, defend his titles. I think that the Haney fights there, you've got Campbell. And Garcia, there's plenty going on for the next year or so in the lightweight division. I don't think there's any rush, but I certainly think that once you unify the Taylor Ramirez situation, and if Josh Taylor can win that, you know, say in 2021, you've got the unified lightweight champion and the unified uh, super lightweight champion. What a match that would be. And if we could get that in Britain, well, happy days. You know, uh, I really rate Josh Taylor. I think he's a fantastic fighter. So, yeah, look, there's some magic matches around the the lightweight, the super lightweight divisions. And then, you know, you, you can go on and dream up a welterweight where you're packed with talent. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of excitement out there. And I think, you know, that's the that's the weight to be in and around. And poor old Luke Campbell, you know, Luke, who I think I've always said is going to become a world champion. He's just got such a, a pitfall of, of, of dangerous fighters in front of him. You know, even like Ryan Garcia next, you know, these are hard fights for Luke. And, you know, you, you hope he can get through Ryan Garcia and get that, 
that shot. Because I think if it had been anyone else other than Lomachenko in that ring last summer, I think Luke Campbell will become a world champion. But it's going to be very difficult now, isn't it? Now with Lopez there, and you know, it's a, it's a hard, hard weight class. But it's an exciting one for the fans. There's just a few more things from me, Adam, before I do let you go. Uh, with Tifumo, once again, just wanted to get your thoughts with regards to before the fight, a lot of people saw Loma as one of the, the top three pound-for-pound pound fighters in the world, if not the best fighter in the world. On the back of Tifumo's victory, where do you think that leaves him? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that the most important thing is let's, let's celebrate a new star in boxing. You know, he's the new unified lightweight champion. Um, he's taking over, and that's great. And, and I don't think we have to worry too much about whether he's pound for pound, two, three, four, five, six at the moment. Ilomachenko, well-established, multi-weight champion, you know, many people's pick, including mine for pound for pound king, Terence Crawford, Canelo. So there's many others that have got claims. Tiafuma Lopez is, is obviously proven himself one of the great fighters in world boxing. But it's only the beginning. You know, he's young. He's only had, what, 16 fights? He's the unified lightweight champion. Let's enjoy that. Let's not worry about the pound-for-pound pound rankings at the moment. I think he needs to... If he, if he goes and beats Devin Haney and then moves up and he, you know, becomes a, a super lightweight champion and onwards, then, you know, you can put him safely in those top two or three pound-for-pounds. But I don't think we need to worry about that too much at the moment, which is just uh, interesting. We've got a new star and let's see how Loma rebounds from that because he's a proud guy and he won't go quietly. And another fight which was announced last night, Adam, involving a Brit. We all knew about it, but it's finally officially been announced. Terence Crawford versus Cal Brook, November 14th. Talk to me about it, Adam. Is it too big a task for Cal, or can he still pull it off? Oh, we've all got a massive soft spot for Cal Brook, haven't we, for many years. What he's been through, what he's given us in British boxing. He's a great guy. He's uh, fantastically exciting to watch. You know, how much has he got left at this stage in his career? You know, he had those bad defeats. Uh, yeah, brave, obviously, against Golovkin. And Errol Spence was a cracking fight in Sheffield. And, you know, he's done he's done well since then. But, you know, has he is he slightly past his peak? And Terence Crawford at the very top of his game. It's a very hard ask, as we saw with Amir Khan, you know, when he fought Crawford. It's a tough, tough test for Kel. But, you know, Kel is, you know, he went over and he beat Sean Porter. He's got a lot of belief in himself. He's got a lot of qualities. You know, the weight slightly worries me again, but he's got it all to do, and it's out in America. So you've got to see Crawford as a hot favourite. But don't write Kelbrook off. You know, he surprised us before. He's got a lot of quality. As I said, he's got massive self-belief. You know, he's got big power. He's got a lot of a lot of things in his arsenal. And if he can hold himself together, and if he's in the right shape, and he makes the weight comfortably, and he keeps telling me he's absolutely flying, it's going to be a really good fight and a really interesting one. But, um, yeah, it's hard to back against Terence, obviously, on form. But as we've seen, as we saw last night in many different guises, stars make fights. And Kel Brook is certainly right with, right in there with the chance. Final question, Adam, of WBC for, for Mauricio Solomon's come out. And he said that they will plan on making a new weight category in between cruiserweight and heavyweight. Just your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, look, that's... It's been talked about before a lot because, you know, the cruiserweight weight class when Johnny used to fight was 13-8. You know, how, how he made 13-8, I don't know. But when it became 14-4, you still, you've got that massive gap. 14-4, anything above is, is, is a heavyweight, you know. And you look at the sort of small heavyweights, you know, the likes of your Babbages, which you think, you know, could they get down to cruiserweight and it's a bit too far. And then you get your, your giant heavyweights, your Joshua's, your Furies, your Dillian's, you know, your 17, 18 stone heavyweights. And that was the big difference with when Lennox came in, I think. You know, you had your 
your sort of Mike Tysons around your 15, 9, 15, 10. You had your fighters like Zielko Mavrovic and those sort of guys, you know, tough guys, David Tua. But there was the sort of quite small compared to the massive fights. The Klitschko's came in so that, you know, it became almost like super heavyweights then. So I think it's an interesting move. Uh, but obviously, there is something about the glamorous heavyweight division. So you want to keep that. But to have something in the middle, I don't know, it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of fighters in between that cruiserweight and, and big heavyweight sort of, you know, stature. So, um, you know, so long as the matches are good, you know, that, that's a possibility. But let's just see where we go with it. Because I think there is something particularly special if a little heavyweight like Evander Holyfield can beat a big heavyweight like Riddick Bowe. So, um, you know, that's part of the drama. All right, Adam, we'll leave that there now and I'm, I will speak to you soon once again. I believe next show is Usyk Chisora, so we've got a, got the big one coming up now, Adam. Um, but until then, obviously look after yourself as I say, I speak to you soon. Thank you for speaking to Boxing Social. Cheers, Andy. Take care, mate. <laughs>